0: Who has been the most underrated Cowboys player through the first 10 games? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast.
1: You are Locked On
0: Cowboys, your lock, daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast lock, Network, your lock, team every lock, day. Lock, lock, on, lock, 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 on, locked On Cowboys. Lock, on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Laynon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. We are answering your Twitter questions today. We've got a bunch of really good ones, so let's jump right into it. Lane, our first question comes from Carlos. He wants to know, who is your most underrated and overrated cowboy this season?
1: Man. um. For this, just this season, right? Just okay, this season. That, that makes it for an interesting uh, kind of conversation. Um, as far as underrated goes, I think that that's that's tougher because we talk about these guys all the time. So I will, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that I don't know that we're quite appreciating enough of how good Tyler Smith is playing. <laughs> you know, like I, I think that's the 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 situation where we talk about it right and and we see it week to week and and i don't think you know much in the same way that we kind of very easily took for granted that that he was able to slip slip out to play left tackle last year and kind of do so uh, at a rate that was pretty incredible for a rookie that didn't you know get that opportunity to play that in training camp i think we're starting to see that he's you know the best i think i I mean, I think it's safe to call him the best offensive lineman on this team right now. I mean, I I think if it, it, Tyron mm. Smith has got, is having a conversation right I now, I would go, Ethan, I think
0: I'd go Tyron, but
1: I think it's probably pretty close at this point. Um, but I think the Tyler's probably put together more consistent good weeks. Honestly, I think Tyron since the, the, the Thursday practice thing has been unstoppable, but I think from pole to pole, Tyler Smith's been very good. So uh, I, I still think that we're kind of uh, underappreciating just how good a player we, we've gotten with Tyler Smith. Um, but I, I think that that has everything
0: to do with the position he plays. Um, who's your underrated? I'm going to go with Stephon Gilmore. Uh, Deron okay. Bland has been the story of you know yeah. the, of the Cowboys this week with the four touchdowns uh, and the six interceptions this season. But Stephon Gilmore has been – Everything the Cowboys hope for and more for yeah. a lot of reasons. Like, have you noticed him giving up a lot of big plays? No. Has he gotten a lot of turnovers? I think he only has what, is it one or two on the season.
1: Two, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, two. Uh, he, do you know how many yards he's given up the last two games combined? It's not many- a ton.
1: I don't because, but I know that I haven't. I, I, I know that I, while watching the tape the other night, I I saw a ball that went to a receiver that was near him and I was like, you're not seeing that very often. Yeah. So
0: I, he's only given that. up 27 yards total in the last two games. He only has seven targets. Like teams just aren't targeting him because he's still really good. And we, we talk about Bland, we talk about Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and all these other players. The Cowboys stole like a top 15, top 20 cornerback for a late round pick. And it just doesn't seem like we're talking about it that much.
1: Yeah, you know, speaking of stats that maybe we haven't talked about enough, there is a stat that's floated around a lot of different platforms that we haven't really discussed. And that's the fact that the Cowboys' defense has still yet to give up a 100-yard receiver or 100-yard rusher. Yeah. And obviously, Gilmore's a big part of that. I mean, I think teams are looking at what Daron Bland's doing, maybe shying away a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all throughout that transition before, before Bland kind of became known as an uh, all-pro caliber player, which I guess we can – Kind of be saying now, yeah, yep. you know, the, Gilmore was cornerback one for a couple weeks while they were figuring out, and then you know, obviously seamlessly transitioned to the kind of a us cornerback two role, but all throughout that time, uh, was able to produce at a high level or at least keep the production from his receivers, uh, down. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a really good name for sure.
0: Uh, I got a stat really quickly on Stefan Gilmore, so he has a forced incompletion percentage of over 18% this year. Uh, that is the highest that he's had since he was Defensive Player of the Year in 2018. Like, that's good. You're getting outstanding cornerback play, and he's not even the best corner on this team right now, which is absolutely incredible. I can't imagine where this team would be right now if they didn't have Stephon Gilmore. Like, if it was just Deron Bland, and now you're having to roll out no Igben and Jordan Lewis more and Nation, right? Like, I just don't feel like he's gotten enough credit for how good he's been. Let's go on the the other side. Who's been the most overrated cowboy through ten games?
1: I'm going to say this, and I want everyone to know that I, I just I don't I think this is temporary. I don't know what's going on for sure, uh, but Zach Martin has really struggled these last yeah. few weeks. We love Um, Zach Martin. I've got a jersey of Zach Martin that's autographed right behind me. So we we love Zach. We love Zach, and I don't believe this to be a permanent thing at all. He just looks like there's something right, not right. You know, he's like stiff. Uh, He's not. You know, his his foot fire is not as quick. Uh, He's losing power on contact at times. When it seems like when he would normally be powering through guys. Uh, Yeah, the tape this last week was not was was maybe the worst Zach Martin tape I've seen on, you know, a long time or, or, or you know, honestly, at least until f- a couple weeks ago, I, I feel like he had a bad game was it against the chargers maybe, or I yeah. can't remember, but it, it does feel like he is not right. And he's not playing up to his normal uh, level and, and and not even to a level that we saw him earlier in the
0: season. You know what I'm saying? So, well, uh, we know this because in week was it week three, he hurt his ankle. Um, he's been on the injury report. I believe was it was at week three, week four, week five. He missed the week three game against the Cardinals. He came back, struggled in that one. He, you could see when he's on tape, that ankle is heavily wrapped. I I got to believe that he's probably still feeling some kind of effects from that injury. Yeah. It's, and you, and you, like I said, it's
1: on tape. You see, you it, can see it. It's pretty clear. He's just not, uh, uh, able to sustain the way he normally would be, um, able to power through blocks the way he normally would be, uh, and and just the way he's moving doesn't look uh, as athletic as it normally does. So, yeah, uh, yeah, again, I hate to use overrated here for Zach Martin, but I think if we're talking about a guy that is not playing up to his standard, his own standard, I think that's Zach Martin right now.
0: And unfortunately, this stretch is probably going to be very tough for him, right? You, I mean, you do have three home games right in a row, but you're going to be playing a lot of football against some better teams coming up. I have a hard time believing he's suddenly going to get healthier uh, by the time that we get to mid December, but we shall see. Anybody on the defensive side of the ball? I, 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 nobody jumps to mind for me. I think Martin was the guy on offense, but anybody for you on defense? Yeah, I don't know. Again, I mean, I I hate to kind of. go against
1: the question a little bit. And I don't know if overrated again is, is the proper terminology here, but I think it's time to recognize the kind of up and down nature of Jonathan Hankins. Um, You know, he had a really great game against the giants. I think he really struggled against Carolina. It seems like Uh, he just had a couple different times where he was pushed out of the hole or, or jumped around in the gap and guessed incorrectly. Um, And it just seems like you're not getting like, uh, you know, week in and week out consistency from Jonathan Hankins uh even as a run defender it feels like um you know he's not he, even when he's bad he's not terrible but it's 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 still not you're not getting that the good Jonathan Hankins uh you know consistently week in and week out it feels like you get maybe two good games and then a bad game or two bad games and then a good game and it's and you'd love to see a little bit more consistency especially as the season kind of winds on a little bit and and you know after watching the carolina game part of me wonders if that's a little bit why the carl davis move was made i mean for those who don't know carl davis was a a big nose tackle the cowboys just signed a former patriots and former raven and he played for iowa yeah Uh, iowa guy yeah i certainly remember when he came out um uh yeah and so like i i think that they you know looking for a little bit more consistency at the nose tackle spot uh, is maybe something they were trying to do when they, when they signed him because Hankins is good. Like I said, you're getting some good games from him, but at the level of consistency that you were looking for, especially it's really in a run defense, you you'd really like to see a little bit more.
0: All right. Let's talk about the Cowboys second round pick at tight end who caught his second touchdown of his career in week 10. We will get to him next. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront so that you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. You can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. All you have to do is download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Use promo code LOCKEDONNFL, all one word, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. This time of year, it can be a lot. It's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety. Uh, Now that we're getting close to the holidays, we've got these seasonal blues that come up. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress and all the change. Something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for any reason at no additional charge. Find the bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com. Slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That is better help com slash locked on. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. Everyday as we will be back on Wednesday to preview this Cowboys Commander's Thanksgiving matchup. We also wanted to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today is here for you 24 seven covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering the league every single day. Go to locked on sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel. All right, Landon next question. This one from Preston. He wants to know I'm still very confused on the drafting of Luke Schoonmaker in the second round. If we're just going to use Jake Ferguson like this, why draft Luke at all? Because you need more than one tight end? I don't know. Like I,
1: I don't understand this question. And I really don't even understand how we're using Ferguson in a way that wouldn't include a second tight end, to be honest.
0: I, I see this a lot, though, on Twitter. People are still very upset that the Cowboys used the second round pick on a tight end. Uh, I mean, I
1: can't help you there. I, the Cowboys needed a, needed a tight end. <laughs> like I mean, I think... You know, look, having uh, schematic diversity and having the ability to kind of move into uh, multiple uh, formations, that's part of what the Cowboys offense is about. Um, and I think you need to have multiple tight ends. And uh, I think if you had not had Schoonmaker coming into the season, you would have been in real trouble. Uh, and, and I think it would it's not as easy to point out because Schoonmaker is averaging like, what, one target a game or something like <laughs> that? Yeah. But he's but he's giving you a, a ton of snaps as a blocker, and he's doing pretty good for a, a rookie tight end as a blunt blocker, uh, and especially when accounting for the fact that the guy that was supposed to be your number two tight end uh, is now what in we're in week eleven, and we still have yet to see him play yet. Um, yeah. And the guy that was behind him that we had thought was a little bit more reliable—no offense, Marcus—hasn't uh, played hasn't played very well, uh, and, and, and uh, so I, I think you know as much disrespect as skoon seemingly gets on Twitter a lot, like he does a lot of dirty stuff. He plays a ton of special teams. He blocks well, uh, both as a pass blocker and a run blocker. Um, And I I think that you're starting to see him start to kind of get it together as a receiver. And I think that if he does kind of get it together and and starts to use that body the way that, uh, the way that he can, uh, I think it's going to take this red zone offense to a new spot, you know? And, um, I I I still very much believe in Scoonmaker because mostly because as we said we are now 11 weeks into his rookie year and he's a tight end guys like yeah. this is something that you know tight ends and DTs take a while. Unfortunately, we took a DT and <laughs> right. a tight end in that order. So and a linebacker and that what? got hurt. Yeah, I know. Yeah, guess what? Those guys are coming along. Like Mozzie's starting to play. Mozzie had a pressure last week on a nice pass rush move. Yeah. Scoonmaker had a touchdown. So uh, I think if anything, you saw. The two much maligned Michigan men who got drafted in the first and second round start to kind of put it together this week. So I maybe I would have asked this question last week, and you, you probably would have gotten a better response. But I, I don't know. I think for me, it makes sense. You needed the you needed another tight end. You've you've you know you've got to have that kind of scheme diversity. And if you're going to take such a big step back every time you're in twelve personnel, um, you know without without the kind of depth at the, at that position you' you're, you're, you're going to be relegated to one sort of formation, and, and you yeah. better hope that your guys can win every single time if you're running 11 personnel over and over and over. And you better
0: hope that you never get injuries at wide receiver. Now, yeah. The Cowboys have been fortunate, knock on wood, to not get any massive injuries. Now, C.D. Lamb is dealing with an ankle injury. It sounds like he should be good to go to play on Thursday. But let's say for whatever reason he can't play or that he's severely limited. I don't know if you're going to want to play a bunch of 11 personnel, right? I mean, you're still going to play a significant amount, 11, of yeah. yeah. You're you're gonna want to use something different. I will also say there. <laughs> Schoon has what two touchdowns this year? There is a there was a good chance that he's has like five or six touchdowns at this point, right? The, the touchdown against the Eagles was about that far away. If you're listening to it, just put your fingers together. That's how close he was to scoring a touchdown. He had another touchdown. I think was it in the Patriots game where Dak yep. put on him in the end zone and he just got hit and dropped it like. He, I think he's going to be a big red zone weapon for this team. It's clear that the Cowboys are kind of targeting him in that area. Um, That's going to be important, and I, I, do, I don't see that changing anytime soon because Ferguson's a much more well-rounded receiver, but Scoon's just bigger and more athletic, and you can throw him the ball up high and he can go make plays on it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, I, I think having now two guys who can block because uh, Ferguson is a much better blocker than, than Schultz was last season, yes. just because he's stronger. Um, I think, you know, that really helps. It really helps with, with uh, you know, with the 12 personnel if you want to run run the football or if you want to throw it. You know, you can have a guy like uh, Schoon who can come in. He hasn't done it all he's probably done it like 15 snaps or so in the, in the season, but, you know, those are valuable snaps where he can come in and be a pass protector.
0: Well. I got the numbers right here. So since week two, when he's really played more, uh, he has 18 pass blocking snaps, one pressure allowed.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's valuable when you need that extra body in there for blocking for max protect, so you can get the ball down the field against a team that's coming after you. Having a tight end that can you know operate as a you know
0: smaller t- tackle to kind of help you out, functional blocker, time. right? That's yep. that's sometimes all you need is a functional blocker, and he's been that. Um, should mention. This week, according to Pro Football Focus, he was the highest graded tight end in the NFL, had his best game of the season. It's also important to remember, like he was dealing with a pretty significant right. foot injury in training camp. We didn't think we'd see him in the preseason at all. I think over the last couple of games, he's really started to play better. And you just have more diversity on offense. You can play two tight ends. You can play three tight ends. You can play 21 personnel. You, you just have a lot of different options when you have, more than just receivers and running backs in your offense. And
1: hey, like if you know, look, I, I mean, I just said Hendershot hasn't started coming back until this week, but frankly, now that he is back, having all three of these tight ends, as opposed to having Hendershot try to function in that tight end two role, that's a better role. It's be, the tight end three role is a better role for Hendershot because he can do what they need him to do, like to use his skill set. He's not a great blocker, he's not gonna, you know. Bury guys like this, but you can still, now that you've got Scooney, you can, you can put Hendershot where you need to, in order to kind of avail yourself of his skill set, which is obviously very different than those other two guys.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about the Cowboys running back situation, including Tony Pollard's future with the team next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel score early this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. Last week, we recommended that you go bet on the Cowboys to beat the Panthers. If you did that, you have $150 Mm -hmm. in bonus bets sitting in your account. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You can bet on the MVP race, such as Dak Prescott, who saw his odds go from 40 to 1 to 15 to 1 this week on FanDuel. Visit fanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to the Lotton Cowboys podcast. We want to thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Landon, let's finish up with this question from Eduardo. He wants to know. Do you believe that ca- the Cowboys will move on from Tony Pollard next year? And how has he played so far? I, don't, I can't really answer the second part. I mean, I just—it's too tough to
1: know right now. With we've got to know the, how the rest of the season goes. I think in order to kind of get an idea, uh, I you know I think they don't really have any plans. They don't have anything in the in the cooker. You know, like I think that they maybe thought that they could get some. Uh, uh, some Deuce Vaughn in there and feel confident about making him the kind of Tony Pollard and maybe to go and try to find another back to be that other, you know, bruiser kind of role. But I, I think they're nowhere with Deuce Vaughn as as, as it stands yeah. right now. So uh, I, I think I'll answer the last part kind of first, I guess, is that I do think that Pollard has played better football these last two weeks. Uh, I think he looks healthier than he has. I, I, I commented uh, wasn't it last week that I felt like the second half of last week's game, he looked like a different back than he did in the first half in, in mm-hmm. a positive way. And I think that you've seen that continued uh, 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 progression this week, right? That windback toss that they ran with the, the inside zone. I mean, first of all, that's a gorgeous play that they stole from the 49ers. I'm so glad that they did uh, uh, steal that shout out to Jeff Blasco for taking mm-hmm. that right out of the playbook. Uh, And and second of all, I think you saw the kind of Tony Pollard that we're used to seeing, right? The burst, the explosion, the ability to break tackles, you know, to run through tacklers. Um, I I think you saw that all on display in that run. So I do think that you're starting to see him kind of get healthier. Now, I mean, I think there there are two forces working against each other, right? Like as he starts to get more and more carries, his body's going to start kind of feeling that. As he gets further away from the injury, his body's starting to feel a little bit better. So... Um, I, I, I do wonder where that those two kind of opposing forces meet. Um, but I think as it stands right now, you're starting to see an improved Tony Pollard. The question is for how long and, and does that eventually kind of go the other way as the touches start to pile on. A little
0: more. Yeah, he definitely looked better in this game. You saw some of the explosiveness. I mean, on that one crack that we play, you were talking about, he looked great on the touchdown run. I thought he looked really good. I am curious about the future of the running back position uh, for the Cowboys because I don't know if you've looked at their salary cap situation or who's under contract. Here's the list of running backs the Cowboys have under contract next year. It's Deuce Vaughn, who a, was a was six-round pick, six-round. who's been a healthy scratch for most of the year. And it's Hunter Lipke, who is a fullback tight end hybrid that's an undrafted free agent. And that's it, Rico down. Sounds like we're good a- to go.
1: I mean, you're asking you're 200 touches wrong- to Hunter Lipke, right? They think, I what's the problem? Sounds like the talking to the problem. two wrong guys here. About
0: the right <laughs> guys. Um, I don't know. I, because yeah. part of me could see that Pollard, maybe Pollard comes back on a two year deal and mm-hmm. name the price $12 million because sure. the running back market is so dried up. Maybe Pollard just tries to go get cash in and get a big payday somewhere else. I, if I had to like bet on what happens, my bet is that the Cowboys bring back Rico Dowdle on basically like a vet minimum contract, and then they probably spend a second round pick on a running back and maybe they bring in somebody else, but it, it's a very murky situation with the Cowboys. I, I think for me, I, I'm in living in the world
1: now where you go and get the Rico Dowdle guy however you can. Right. Like whether it's yeah. a late round pick, a free agent guy, an undrafted free agent guy. I feel like I love Rico Dowdle, but Rico Dowdle is the, the definition of
0: the kind of guy that you can get from
1: almost anywhere. Well,
0: right? I, I mean, I think he's basically going to be somebody who just gets vet minimum. Like you're not paying him. And oh, no,
1: I'm talking. I'm just talking roles right now. Right. Role. Like, yeah. the, like th- that type of back is the kind that you can probably get. I, I think what I'm getting at is that I think the plan moving forward for running back should be. Go find that other that Rico Dowdle guy. However, right, sign him off the street, undrafted free agent. Find that guy. It's not it's not easy, easy, but you could. There's lots of different ways to find that. Yes, there's lots of options. The Pollard guy is the one that you need to spend resources on, like the, the the special juice guy, right? Like I think it's kind of almost like the Jamar Gibbs model, right? I don't know that you want to spend a first round pick necessarily on the position, but I think. Those are the, if you're going to spend like the a home run, round hitters. Of, yeah, you're, you're spending them on the home run hitters because those are the more unique athletes, the harder ones to find. Right. So I think that's how they need to handle it. Pollard still could be the juice guy. I think, I mean, I, I think. I wouldn't be shocked if Pollard went back to form next year. Like if he was like closer to where he was. Previous no, I would, I be season. So I I'm not at all opposed to the Cowboys trying to re-sign him for a good deal at the same time if they are going to go the route of trying to replace him i don't think they can skimp at that spot they need to they need to like you know invest in a in a juice guy
0: uh, I just think you know, through the draft is the best way to do that.
1: Yeah. And probably middle rounds, right. Or, yeah, or maybe or even I, I mean, day even, one or day two. I was to
0: say, even if you want okay, get day, late day one. two, how about day two? I would okay. say day two, like that's fine. That's when you take the guy that ran the four three nine forty 40 yard dash. Like, and frankly, we've seen a lot of these guys go on day two that have been really good. Brees hall was a second round pick. Like if you want to spend the 45th pick on the draft on brace hall, that's fine. It's not a big deal, but uh, I think that's that's what you're targeting. I think the days of – I'm just going to give you like an archetype. The Najee Harris yeah. round one running back, the 6'2", yep. 225 grinder types, I, I I just don't see the point of ever doing that anymore.
1: Well, yeah. I mean I think that the the idea of trying to get everything in one back, it's unnecessary. You don't need to. It, so. and, it, no. and, and it's also uh, – once you have it, it's not actually – uh, any better than having to, those two? Guys, no, right. No. Having two guys because ultimately, uh, you know, you become more injury resistant with two guys. You know, you can find guys that can step in to do a, the other half if there's an injury. I just think that yeah, like the the big body bruiser types, even the rare ones, even the the you know the Henrys of the world, like there is a, an advantage to having them, but the advantage doesn't meet the, the cost of, of paying for the yes. kind of players. Yes. So
0: that's hundred percent agree. Uh, they, you just look around the league right now. There's a lot of teams that are investing on day two, but that's Miami with like Devin H now Miami's just, they're grabbing all these speed running backs. And it's probably not a bad idea. Just target speed. Look at Baltimore getting Keaton Mitchell who ran a four two eight forty 40 yard dash speed is kind of the name of the game at running back right now, you probably don't need to pay for it, but you probably should chase it in the draft. And I got a feeling the Cowboys probably will next year in 2024. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every single day. Again, every day, we will be back on Wednesday to preview Cowboys Commanders. We've got crossover shows coming uh, on Thursday, so make sure you tune in for that. We are free and available on all platforms. Go follow the show on YouTube. Go follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.